Welcome to another episode of Dugan and Dame, featuring entrepreneurial husband and wife team, Vaughn and Angela Dugan, as they share their candid and unscripted adventures, challenges, and lessons learned along their journey in business, life, and love. This is Dugan and Dame. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, everybody? Welcome. That's Angela's favorite part. It, why? You love the music. I do. I want to dance to it all the time. It's good shit. we got a pretty awesome guest here today. The best ever. The bestest, Joe Carmilla. It's nice to be here. It's our partner in Dugan and Dan. Our partner. Yay. I promise never to do that again. <laughs> so for those of you that have been paying attention, all six of you, we love you and appreciate you. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, the past couple of episodes have been about- How many, Vaughn? <laughs> Episode six. We're on episode six right now. The previous two episodes have featured wonderful couples also sharing this journey in life and business together. Uh, Joe has been behind the scenes, not because we like to keep him there, but because he lives in Orlando. <laughs> Am I right, Joe? Partially. A couple hours from us here in Boca Raton. Florida. Cool. Next so, to Mickey Mouse, as we like to say. Yeah, exactly. So so I, I, I love this episode because it's kind of probably, I want to, I don't want to say it's the most important part about starting a new business, but it's such an integral part, an important part of starting a business because the heart and soul of any business is kind of building that brand. Yeah, well, say. the brand differentiates you. It makes you, it elevates you from common to noticeable. Right. So Joe is the guy that is responsible, as Angela and as Joe will tell you, for making us look pretty at Dugan and Dame. Yes. Right? I'm the pretty guy. You are. Well, I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> you are making, you're, you're responsible for making us look pretty. Oh, God. You're the, you're the prettiest guy in the room right now. I'll give you that. <laughs> okay. I'll take it. I'll yeah. take whatever I can get. But um, so anyways, like Joe, I without, without getting into too much detail, Joe comes from a long history uh, in agency life. Over right. about 15 years in advertising agencies. So. Okay. So you've got a little bit of experience? A little bit. Can you can you talk about, and again, because I know like a lot of, sometimes you can't talk about customers or clients that you've worked with. Can you talk about any of them? I can talk about them all. I don't care. Fuck it. Go ahead, Joe. Um. So, sorry, yeah. Sorry, Dot, if you heard me say the bad word. Because ah. chances are you're listening. Well, uh, like you said, um, I spent about 15 years spread across two agencies um, one, my first venture into an agency was a small boutique agency just north of Orlando. And I spent probably about three and a half, maybe four years there. Then, um, I spent the majority of my agency career at a place called push in Orlando, which is, uh, an incredible place. It's uh, a amazing agency. They're doing great work. And, um, I, uh, I learned a lot there, you know, um, you know, be, being in the industry, the best way to learn this kind of stuff is to just dive in head first and do things hands on. Right. So at the agency, we had a lot of big clients. And, um, so I got to do a lot of big national stuff right away. Very and, cool. um, I was at that agency for about 12 years. So, um, I got to see a lot of different stuff. I got to experience a lot of different types of projects. And, uh, you know, that actually really kind of bodes well for my time here with Dugan and Dame because I get to take all that stuff that I learned and apply it to our brand. 
Awesome. So, um, and that you have. Well, you know, <laughs> it's you know, they, they. In my opinion, the best way to learn is to do things hands on. So, right. you know, uh, at the agency, everything is hands on because you know you have clients who have expectations of you, and you have um, you know requirements and 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 things that have to happen. And especially when you have some very large national clients. Um, so, you know, with that comes deadlines and, you know, sure. specifics and, you know, clients have requirements like that. So I get to take all that knowledge and kind of carry it forward. And now that, you know, we're doing our own thing, I get to kind of have a little bit more freedom mm -hmm. and I get to have a little bit more fun with it. And uh, I think that really helps me make everything look awesome because I'm not really restricted by any kind of requirements. Um, you guys just basically want to look good. So yeah. I get to have fun with it and we get to try new things between branding and labels and boxes and yep. all the fun that comes with that kind of stuff. So what, what, so some of the questions that again, like we're, we're, we'd love to try and apply everything we talk about here to other people listening that may be, starting their business for the first time. Maybe they're starting a new business. Maybe they're, they've been kind of dead in the water in another business. And they, they branding seems to be something that a lot of entrepreneurs overlook. You know what I mean? I think yeah. like people are bootstrapping their business. Like I'm not going to spend $1,500 with a, an agency or. Right. And I also see at least what I've seen with startup businesses is a lot of it's, I know we've said this before, the kind of know your lane. Yeah. A lot of entrepreneurs think that they understand visually what's appealing. Like yeah. it's been beautiful for me because I am not a visual person. So I am thrilled that I don't really have to give you any feedback because there's <laughs> none to be given because it's just awesome every time you pump something out. Well, thank you. But, you know, um, the important thing to know is that your brand is more than just a logo. It's okay. really the sum of its parts. This is the good stuff right here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't waste any time. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, sure, it's important to have a good-looking logo, Okay. but that's really just scratching the surface of a brand. You know, a brand is going to go much deeper than just your logo. And the, the, the problem that I see a lot of people encounter with business is that they think they can do everything. Mm -hmm. And sure, you might be able to pull it off, but... You know, the, the importance of having someone on your team who is, has experience in that field and knows what works and what doesn't work and can kind of point you in the right direction is really important. Not only from a operational standpoint where, you know, you have someone working dedicated to that, but also to, you know, you want your brand to, to put its best foot forward. Right. Sure. So, so, so you want somebody who, who knows what they're doing. You want somebody who has experience in that specific field mm -hmm. and that frees you up to do what you're good at. You know, we always talk about internally that the three of us work so well together because we're each really good at what we do. Okay. So Angela is amazing at creating these like, you know, concoctions, right? Mm -hmm. She, she does all these great tonics and bitters and syrups and all this great stuff. And that, and that's really the core of our business. Vaughn. She's in the back <clears throat> of her cauldron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, really, More if you're products. listening in, there is literally a cauldron back there. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, well, and it's a kettle. <laughs> it is a kettle. <laughs> yeah, some technical term. But, um, but you know, Vaughn, 
to, to, to your point, you're really good at handling the business side of things. Cause that's really where, where your background comes from. You know, you're a serial entrepreneur, you have several businesses and you have restaurants, you know how the business world works. Me, I don't know the first thing about that kind of stuff. You know, numbers confuse me. You know, I was never good at geography. So, um, how many fingers am I holding up? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So <laughs> 13. Wait. Right, exactly. <laughs> Touché. That might be the tequila, but, um, but so, you know, so, and then I come in, you know, and I take all that, you know, part of the equation off of your plate and let you guys excel at what you do. Mm-hmm. And then I get to do what I do. And then all three of us kind of come together and make this great product. If you, if you were to start like you, like all right, two questions, I'm going to start with this. So this is a different scenario for you. Being an agency guy, being a creative guy, doing your own freelance work for several other brands outside of an agency, this is a little different. This is your business, so you are you are you're our partner. Yeah, you know, you're not our partner for any other reason other than that's that's the person that we've chosen um, because you have this ability um, to kind of see this brand kind of larger than it really is and when it starts. How do you approach this when it's your own business? I mean, is it do you get more emotionally attached, less emotionally attached? How do you how do you separate the two so you're still looking at it with kind of eyes wide open? Yeah, well, I mean, that's a great question because, you know, you, you do get emotionally attached, especially when it's so close to me. You know, it, it, it's important for me to make it look the best that it can look. Um, you know, obviously that applies to any project I work on or any client that I work on, but it's extra true for our brand because, you know, I need to apply my knowledge and my skills to make our products look amazing when they're sitting on a shelf somewhere or when someone's pouring a drink, you know, that's really important. And, you know, I think maybe I'm more emotionally connected to these products because I, you know, I'm, I'm the one that's responsible to make them look good. So, you know, it, it, it well, you, don't, you don't have any client backlash to worry about. So do you feel like you, you're like, you'll take more chances with the brand? Well, or push the envelope more yeah, than you would well, with like a, a client? Well, it's not even, it's not even that I'm worried about client backlash. It's that knowing that it's our own brand, I have that freedom to do whatever I want. You know, exactly. You, you know, you guys don't really set any restrictions on me. Yeah. Kind of just. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. Get back to your cattle woman. <laughs> that was a joke, ladies. That was a joke. But, um, you know, I think, I think, I think it makes it easier for me to approach when I have no kind of restrictions on, on what needs to happen. You yeah. know, when, when I have a client that I'm doing paid work for, mm-hmm. um, you know, they come to me with with a set of rules or requirements for whatever the project may be. So I have to adhere to the to that 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 guideline. You know, with our stuff, I don't have those guidelines. Right. So so I feel like I have a lot more freedom, and we get to take a little bit more chances with what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your um, guideline, your only guideline is your deadline. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So um, I think I think that helps because you know. Have, knowing that I have that freedom allows me to kind of go outside of my comfort zone a little bit. This is where you cue the George Michael song. Yeah. Freedom. Exactly. Sorry. Um, I won't do that again, Angela. Don't worry. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> you should see him dance. Yeah. Um, Way better than his singing. Yeah. I mean, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's getting awkward for me, guys. So um, that's why this is called the beautifully bitter podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it, it, it's nice to not have any kind of restrictions on on what needs to happen. I mean, obviously, in my head, I know what needs to happen for the product that we're creating. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, creatively, I can do anything. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of it's kind of like giving a kid a fifty dollar bill and sending him into a candy shop and say, "Go crazy, you know, do whatever you want." Um, except it's not candy; it's bitters and tonics. <laughs> bitters. So, um, so yeah, I think that helps. I think um, I think that allows me to to do more than I normally would do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, I, I do this as a labor of love. Sure. You know? And, um, and we all. yeah, well, you know, I think that allows us to, to, to do what we want to do, yeah. you know, it, as opposed to like, if we were doing this for a company, right. Mm-hmm. If we were making these bitters for someone else, then they would have a set of guidelines for us to follow. Like, you know, it, it can't be too sweet or it can't be too bitter or it can't be this or it can't be that, you know, so we would have to kind of stay in that box. Right. So with it being our own thing, we can go outside that box. We can get a little bit more experimental. Yep. We could do do more crazy stuff than we might be comfortable doing. You're right. So, so, so again, kind of like rewinding a little bit to the very beginning when all this happened. So when we knew we were going to do this together as a team, um, you know, Joe, obviously you led the entire, the charge, like the whole way. So even, even when it came to coming up with the name, so as much as, as much it was, it would be cool to take any credit for that because it's my namesake and Angela's the dame. Um, Dugan and Dame actually like, you know, you were sort of tasked to come up with some names. Obviously we outsourced that to some, uh, a pretty talented person, which we can give her a shout out to. Yep. Bree is amazing at yep. what she does. So. Bree is amazing. And it's funny. So anyway, so Joe, Joe, that was, again, that was probably the first thing on the list is like, let's come up with a really cool name. We could have easily have tried to do that. So again, as an entrepreneur, I think sometimes, and Angela, you nailed it earlier, is like stay in your lane, stick with what you're good at. And like, we all think that we know what we're doing when it comes to like writing copy and someone, uh, copy is so overlooked. Oh, it it's really so is. hard. And it's so important. Well, you know, the, 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 <laughs> so trick, the tricky thing about copy is that it's like, it's almost like it's invisible, right? Yep. So, so everything that you encounter has copy on it. Yep. So you don't even really ever think about it. It's like, it's just words on a paper, right? Yeah. But it's but it's not. I wish we could call Bree right now and have her call <laughs> into the show. We have we have the ability to do that, but we won't. No, Bree is uh, home with uh, two kids and her husband, so we won't bother her right now. This but. is some important shit. It is, but no, you know kidding. she 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 was great. You know she was integral in the in the very early stages. It, um, and again, like when she we got that list without hesitation. You're like, that's it. Yeah. yeah that's remember, the one. I remember seeing that too. I mean, well, you know, to her credit, she had a lot of good ones on there, but that she had a ton. Like yeah. we, had, we had three pages of stuff no, to it, look at. I, yeah. I remember going through that and thinking, oh, oh yeah, this we is going like, to be much better than I thought. And then I was like, <laughs> oh shit, this is getting hard. Cause yeah. all got, oh, that's it. Yeah. 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 And then talk about different brains. I'm like, Ooh, that's another business. Yeah. That's a different oh, God. business. <laughs> I swear. So, no, but no. But, so anyway, so Bree, thank you. Like, uh, we give her all the credit. So Joe back to, from day one, and I'm trying to relate this to somebody else that's starting a business. So sure. the first thing that we did was come up with a name. Yep. And we hired someone to do that. Yep. And it obviously, it, it's paid off. We fell in love with the name. It's it's uh, it's become who we are. It is who we are, yeah. Um, but, 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 that, but, 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 and this is where you're going mm-hmm. to create that 
name, that visual really tied it into who we are. Sure. So what's the next part, Joe? So tell us about like, if you were to, if you were actually consulting with a new client, mm-hmm. um, what would you kind of say, look guys, let's, let's, let's take this step, step by step. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you need to do as a new brand for someone, again, this, it, there's a lot of experienced entrepreneurs out there that kind of been down the road a million times. Someone that's just getting started. Like how do you guide them? What's first? Well, usually the first step in the process is doing some sort of creative brief, right? Mm-hmm. So you'll send them a brief kind of getting information on the project. You want to know, you know, what, what colors do you like? Or, you know, how do you want your typography to appear? Or, you know, there's a lot of variables that really play into that. Obviously, the name is very important as well because that's going to be reflective of, of how it's going to appear. Um, so you obviously want to take that into consideration, mm-hmm. but you also want to... You know, what's the product going to be? What is the market? Where is this going to be sold? How is this going to be sold? Like, who is your target market? There's Mm -hmm. so many variables that play into the look and feel of a brand, you know, um, uh, and these are all things that, again, are invisible to you until you have to think about this kind of stuff. So that's why it's always good to start with a creative brief, because that's going to really kind of get all your opinions on paper. Right. And use that as a starting point. Then from there, you do market research. Okay, you reach research other brands, you see what other people are doing, you see what's working, you see what's not working. And then you kind of use that to, to start concepting ideas. From there, <clears throat> you want to just kind of narrow things down and keep fine-tuning it till you get to something you like. Mm-hmm. That's concept number one. Then you do that all over again for concept number two. And you keep doing that till you have a few concepts to pick from. Then you kind of print them all out and you stick them up on a wall and you talk about them and you say what you like. Sit with them. Yeah. (laughs) You got to, you got to let them simmer. Yeah, totally. Uh, It's important, you know, where, where do, where do young brand or young companies, entrepreneurs, startup businesses, where do they screw up in this process? A lot of times when I see people fail at this step is when they think they can do it all themselves. Yep. That's what I wanted um, to hear, actually. <laughs> Seriously, I, I, that's it's important for people to hear that. Like, well, you know, let me give you an analogy, right? So I'm pretty good with 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 home repair stuff. I can do like drywall. I can, you know, do woodworking. I can, you know, fix things around my house. There's two things. Can you stay at our house tonight? We got some things. <laughs> oh, have a whole list. Sorry, go ahead. I'll let you finish. <laughs> There's two things that I refuse to do. Okay. The laundry well, and the dishes. Well, no, no I actually, I actually, <laughs> I actually enjoy doing that stuff. Yeah. But when it comes to like home repair stuff, we're going to fact check that with Heidi, by the way. <laughs> Seriously, please, please. Um, she'll uh, tell you that I have a load of laundry in the dryer right now. And she'll probably get yelled at when I get home. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a text message. She did, she did confirm <laughs> that. Yeah. But there are two things that I will not do. Okay. Plumbing and electrical work. Mm-hmm. Why? Because if you screw either one of those up, you're in a much bigger hole than you were when you started, right? You don't want to, you know, have a pipe explode on you and flood your house and you don't want to short out some electrical and catch your house on fire. So I'm going to leave that kind of stuff to the people who know how to do that. That is the biggest holdup for a lot of new brands. You know, they want to, you know, they want to kind of bootstrap everything themselves. They kind of want to save some money. They're like, Oh, I don't need to spend that money. I don't need to pay someone to do this kind of stuff. But, you know, it's really kind of a twofold approach. You, you hire someone for two reasons. One, because they're an expert at what they do. Okay. They do this kind of stuff for a living. 
And two, it takes that burden off of you to let you run your business. You know, running a business is complicated and, and, and busy enough as it is. You don't need to add more to your plate. Um, especially a new business, because there's so much that comes with that, you know, with, you know, incorporation or taxes or what have you. Well, to your point, I can cook, but I'm certainly not going to try and uh, be the chef at my restaurant. Exactly. See, I mean, that's a really good way to look at it because sure, you might be able to pull it off. And especially, you know, this day and age, especially with um, there's so many like online logo creators and you know, you can go online and, you know, enter in some clip art and some text. And, but, you know, that really doesn't. I was going to go there. That doesn't. I was going to go there. But, you know, and sure, that might be great for someone who's a little bit strapped for cash and, and needs to get off the ground. But the problem with stuff like that, you run the risk of uh, imposter syndrome. You know, you could, you could look like someone else's brand and not even know it. You yeah, know, so in full, in full disclosure, some of the websites that he's talking about, like, for example, I'll mention it. I don't care. It's, it's like Fiverr, for example, is one of them. I've done logos there in the past for other things. And usually it's for like a presentation. You want to kind of look like you're different. You don't want to spend any money on it. Cause it's just about a, a BS presentation. Yep. So you'll deal with it later. Um, you see the say to Joe's point, you see the same exact logo used 47 different times by eight different designers. Totally. So there's no originality. There's no point of different differentiation. And I won't even get into the legalities that you're going to face down the road. Totally. That's um, crazy. This is, this is definitely out of my world. And I'm very <laughs> honest in saying that, yeah. which is why I'm usually hands off in this whole arena. But that, that like actually blows my mind. Hire an attorney. So save, save money on the designer, but hire an attorney for thousands of dollars later to fight your, that's not protect your logo. Not, not to mention most of them look like they're, they were done. Well, the problem with these online services and, you know, I'm not trying to dog anyone for, you know, doing, you know, do you do you right. Mm -hmm. um, but the problem is a lot of them are going to look the same. A lot of them are using clip art. Yep. A lot of them don't know your brand. They don't put any thought into it. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. I won't name any names, but I have a client that I just signed on. Um, in my freelance world. Cause mm -hmm. that's, that's what I do for a living. And, um, so far, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, um, she, she approached me about doing a logo and I gave her an estimate. You've and established the client is a female. She, <laughs> she, she, she is starting a new business and she needed a, a logo. That's right. obviously the first step. And, uh, she said, okay, well, you know, let me, let me kind of see where I'm at. And um, she she chose to go to Fiverr just to kind of see what kind of results she would get. Mm -hmm. And um, sure enough, a couple of weeks later, she reached back out to me. She said, hey, so um, <laughs> I'm going to need your help with this. Uh, and she sent me what she got from Fiverr. Mm -hmm. And um, they were just really generic. They were very clip art looking. Um, really, they look rushed. They look... Um, Sergey from the Ukraine let her down. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's alluring to go to the, to the, the least expensive the option. Quick fix. Well, yeah. and, and listen, yeah. we're, we're in a society now too, where people don't like to talk to people Yeah, and yeah, for them, they crazy? can hide behind their keyboard too. And I, I, I know this like firsthand, I've dealt with other clients that I've worked and consulted with as well. Yeah. And it's the same thing. So I, I have to, I have to give a little bit of advice here is Rather than go to Fiverr, if you do know a designer with credibility, experience like yourself, my advice right here and then we'll move forward is establish a dialogue. Be very upfront that you know that there are services out there. 
And I think for me, I think the biggest thing where people get like sticker shock sometimes is to talk about budgets very early on. Say, oh, yeah. look, I Absolutely. don't have, I only have this much. Yeah. There's nothing worse than a, than a designer working on a project for you where it's like an hourly bill. And all of a sudden you got billed 1200 bucks and you've got $300 in your bank account and, and you can't afford that and you stop answering their call. Well, you know, and let me expand on that a little bit. You yeah. know, one thing, an exercise that I like to go through when, when talking pricing with a client mm -hmm. is I always try and ask, okay, well, well, what is this worth to you? What is having a good looking brand worth to your company? You know, is it only worth five bucks or 10 bucks or whatever five or costs or, or should you make that investment? Should that be something that you prioritize in your business plan so that way you stand out from everyone else. You know, you have to make that decision on what that value is to you. And then then if you can answer that question honestly, you then know the budget that you're able to work with right. for, for your new brand. And you bring up a really good point. It's important to establish a dialogue with someone who has experience mm -hmm. in this field because, you know, that, that's how you're going to get a good-looking product. Yeah, it's amazing the amount of money <laughs> that they'll spend on a pair of shoes, a pair of pants, <laughs> Seriously. a shirt, and a pair of five or $600 glasses yeah. for one night out on the town. Yeah. But they won't take the same approach well, and level of And I of think there's a couple too. of things at play here, too, because we also live in a society where you get ripped off all the time. True. You know, and I think that that definitely plays into every decision that we make, especially if something's going to be a bit of an, of an investment. But I think with graphic design work and branding, you have your stuff posted up there. Like people can see what you've done yeah. so they can actually determine whether there's value in that Absolutely. before ever even opening the door and having the conversation. So I think doing your, your due diligence and your research mm -hmm. goes to, to, a long way with this as well. Yeah. And, and to that point, I've actually had people that have asked to see my work. We've reviewed it together and they decided that maybe I wasn't the best fit and I'm totally okay with that. If they see my work and they don't like what they see, I'm, you know, I won't care either way, but it's like, it's like I, 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 a tattoo artist. I was it, just going to say the same thing. It, it really <laughs> is. In my head. It, it, it really is. But you know, um, Definitely do your research on the designer that you're going to hire. Well, it's a very intimate relationship. It is. It, and it, it's important. I, it's a great point, Angela. It's important to identify the right person that doesn't just fit your, your business, but fits. It's a relationship. They're totally. involved with every decision that you make. Totally. Um, and they can, they can certainly have a big impact, positive, very positive impact on your business. Absolutely. And you know, it, it's, it's, you know, my thought process is it's always good to have someone local, You can, like sit down and talk with them. Um, you know, the, the problem with these online services is they're probably halfway across the world and you can't like actually sit down and talk to them. Right. It's, um, you know, you, you shoot off an email a few days later, you get some logos back in your email. Right. And you only paid for one round of uh, revisions and you got like bevels and glows and all yeah, I mean, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> nor, nor do you want to, yeah. nor, nor will you ever have to with Perfect. Joe. Yeah. Perfect. Don't worry. I only use that when I'm making fun of people. <laughs> Joe, I, I do have a question. So um, when you start working on a brand like this for a, a new client, mm -hmm. what are, like, we talked about the name, we got the logo, you, you know, after you're doing your creative brief, you have those conversations, you, you arrive at, you know, something that the client falls in love with mm -hmm. what's next? Well, obviously you have to 
put that brand into into use, right? Mm-hmm. And it depends on obviously the industry they're in, but you then take that brand and you apply it to whatever the application will be, whether that be, you know, packaging, whether that be, um, you know, a, a sign on their building, mm-hmm. whether it's marketing materials, website, website. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of directions you can travel. You're kind um, of, you're kind of a, a, a unicorn. You're like a, <laughs> meaning like I know a lot of web guys that have zero design skill. They're more like web developers or coders and things like that, that have zero creativity. Yeah. Um, You know how to, you know enough, at least enough to be dangerous. Well, I I had to, because going out on my own, you know, I I had to kind of be a Swiss army knife. Is that important? Well, not just for you. I'm talking about like for, for a a new business. Like, is it good to look for a, a designer that can help you with more than just your logo? I don't think that's required. Okay. I mean, Sure, it would be great if you could find someone, but in my personal experience with people in the industry, it's either you're really great at design and you suck at websites because mm-hmm. you either think in design terms or you think in code terms. Mm-hmm. It's never really both. How how'd you cross that bridge? Just or bridge that gap. Or? Just I, I mean, I just had to. You know, I had clients that needed websites, and granted, I'm I'm not the best at coding, but I know enough to make a website work, mm-hmm. and I can make it look great, or at least they tell me I do. But um, that uh, was that was actually a learning curve for me too, because I would say stuff to Vaughn, I'm like, "Well, can't just Joe just do this and this and this with the website?" And he's like, "No, he's and, not a coder. <laughs> no." Well, and, I was and like, oh, well, not only am I not a coder, but but the web is 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 a whole different ball game than anything print. You know, print, uh, web is is very specific, and it's you know with with coding, things have to be done a completely different way than you would do in print. It's math versus art. It, it really kind of is, and you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that happens with web, whereas with print or anything that is in print. Uh, it, it's kind of like what you see is what you get. You, you put it, you, you do your page layout or you design your, your flyer or logo, whatever it is. And you see it there in front of you. But with, with web design, web coding, you have to tweak the styles. You have to test for responsiveness. I mean, there's so many mm-hmm. other things that you don't see happening with web design. So Sure, there's going to be people out there that can do everything for you, but it's I don't think it's a requirement. I, I think I think you find the person that fits you the best. And if that person happens to be able to do it all, then great, better for you because you keep it all under one roof and you get everything done by the same person and maybe you get a better rate that way. Like sometimes if clients come to me and say, hey, listen, I need a brand design and a website, I can kind of give them like a package deal, whereas – if they were coming to me like, you know, a la carte, I would price it a little bit higher. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's not always going to happen. That's not, that's not the rule. Um, and, and in fact, I would say almost the opposite is true. It's usually you're going to find a great designer who can give you a great looking brand and design you some great looking print and packaging. Yep. But then you're going to have to hand that off to somebody else who's really good at website design as well. Now, with that said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and say, I am definitely not the best website designer out there, but I can, I can make it look good and I can make it function good. And if there's something I don't know how to do. True I'm, story, folks. <laughs> I mean, you know, if there's something it's good, <laughs> well, thanks. But if there, if there's something I don't know how to do, I'm going to research it until I find out how to do it. So, you know, um, I think that's just kind of like the, the, the bootstrapness 
nature of being a freelancer is that you kind of have to be, you have to be able to pivot and you have to be able to adapt to what your clients need. And I just started having clients that needed websites and, you know, obviously the, the more websites I did, the better they got. And, you know, um, here we are today, but, um, you know, um, you just find the person that fits best for you. And, you know, again, that might not be the same person for everything, right. but sometimes it is. So we, we've used the word uh, brand quite a bit mm -hmm. and I've heard it used incorrectly a lot by people that we know rather well. I mean, like people love throwing the word. It's like a, the new buzzword for a lot of people. Yeah. A brand is not a logo. Not at all. A brand is not a logo and a website. Nope. In your definition, coming from your professional career and obviously your skill set, can you define what a brand encompasses? Like, what is a brand to you? What is a brand to a company? Like, explain what a brand is. A brand is the sum of all your parts. Love it. It's the it, soul and the personality of the company. It is. Well, it's that too. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it starts with the logo. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's that's one part of your brand, but that's not the definition of your brand by any means, because more often than not, there's going to be several other pieces that come with the logo, mm -hmm. you know, uh, whether that be your marketing materials, including business cards and, you know, letterheads and, you know, PowerPoint presentations and, you know, just whatever that may be, but also your website and also your packaging. If you're a retail client or, you know, if you're, um, you know, if you are, uh, your, your email blasts, like yeah, I mean, there's, there's invoices. <laughs> like it, it, it truly is a, a sum of everything that, that defines your brand. Uh, I see a lot of broken brands out there. There are, um, you know, c brand consistency is really important. Yep. You know, you want, you that's want, what I'm referring to. Yeah. I mean, you want, you want things to look and feel the same. You want to be able to see, different products by the same brand on a shelf and know that they're from the same brand. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, brand consistency is definitely one thing that you need to strive for. And if, you know, if you're doing things yourself, yeah. that's, that's probably going to be one of the areas that you're going to fail. Yep. Um, so, so that's important too. That's why, you know, when you hire a designer, they can keep things consistent for you while still making them look different. But mm -hmm. it's, it's important. If you're going to have a successful brand, you want consistency, mm -hmm. but you also want it to look, you want the different parts to look different. Yeah. It's funny. Like, so talking specifically in the restaurant world, yep. it's amazing how, how much there is to, to consider yeah. to, to make sure that you have brand consistency. And I'm talking from the time you walk up to the hostess stand, the signage there, if there's any signage on yeah. the hostess stand from the uniform that they're wearing, if they have a uniform from the, the menus that they give you from the cocktail. Well, menu, and it goes even further sign. than that. It's your interaction with it too. And that's why I always say well, it's the soul behind. Right. Yeah. That's the next part. So I was going to say, so, so these are things a lot of people don't think of, and I want to put it all out there for someone listening right now. And I'm just talking about like the stuff that you can see and touch. And Angela's definitely going on to something that's uh, even more important or equally as important, but it's, it is like the, the heart and soul and how you train and how you, that's all the culture of that business is a part of that brand as well. But really quick, if you think about it, like the signs, uh, like on the, on the bar. So like the table tents that are on the tables, the, uh, the matchbooks, the toothpicks, the, 
the pens that the servers use. Oh, there's um, so much involved. The, the, the <laughs> uniforms in terms of the aprons and do you want to logo the aprons and all the way into the bathroom. Yeah, I mean the sign on the bathroom, the stickers on the mirror that say that we have to wash our hands. Those those things are available for free through the health department and things like that. But guess what? It looks like a mom and pop threw up all over the place. Well, you know, it, it, it's all part of the experience. So, you know, a restaurant is a really good example because there are so many parts and pieces yep. to a brand when it comes to a restaurant. Yep. And and again, I, I hate to keep using this term, but a lot of it is invisible yep. until it isn't. So, you know, that's really important. You know, you're going to notice when something is inconsistent. Yep. It's when things are consistent that you just, it, 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 it goes completely invisible to you. And that's, that's when things are working Yeah, because you need that consistency across the brand. So, you know, w w with a restaurant, so many parts and pieces come together to form that brand. You know, you have menus, you have table tents, you have yep. signage, you have uniforms, you have training guides, you have so many pieces mm -hmm. and, and that all, I mean, first and foremost, it needs to look amazing because you yep. know, it's, it's public facing, but at the same time it needs to be consistent. Yep. And most importantly, it needs to be effective. It needs to do its job. So, a menu needs to look great, but it also needs to be readable. Weird. Yeah, right? You know? <laughs> you mean you want the guests to not have a hard time knowing what to order and give you their money for? Right, exactly. And, you know, you want the signage uh, in the bathroom to be clear and concise, but be on brand. You need you need all these things to work together as, yeah. as, as a whole. Have you guys ever been out at a bar or restaurant and the, there was always that guy at the bar, right? He's got a really nice outfit on. He's dressed really nice, but he's the biggest asshole. Come on. That's every bar ever. So, so my, we're going to have, <laughs> every I'm actually going to, I just bringing this up because you brought it up, Angela, and it's an entire episode that we've got to talk about is the culture of a business, any business, hospitality, retail is so important because you can look great and you can brand, you can have brand consistency from the front door to the back door of your business. But if your business is an asshole. Well, and this is, it goes even further from the consumer standpoint. And we've kind of talked about this before is it's how it makes you feel. Yep. So, and a lot of times like we're so inundated with outside stimulus mm -hmm. that all we have is our feel because there's too much to focus in on. So it's like that experience is from our gut and from our heart and, and our emotions and it becomes hard to identify. So it's such what you do along with the entire team is such an art because it's, it's how the image makes you feel. And then the story that that image mm -hmm. is telling you the story that those interactions are telling you. Um, because as we've spoken before, it's the way our society is moving is even though we're a very consumeristic society, we're looking for connection. Yep. And so it's connecting to that brand as well. And connecting to that product goes much further than the final product that you have in hand. Yep. Think about how many times a server or bartender or a, a, a cashier at a, a retail establishment has ruined the reputation or your, your perception of a business. One person. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, again, I don't want to, I, I really want to talk a little bit more about like kind of the physical tangible side of it. I know I like to go off in the other no, stuff. No, <laughs> no, but honestly, honestly, you bring up such a big, uh, such a sick point because it's yeah. so important because again, I go back to, you can wear all of the nice clothes that you want. You can find the best Joe 
in the world, but if you don't live it inside and make yep. it kind of like a cohesive from the heart and soul out to the clothes yeah. that you're wearing, it won't work. Yeah, none of that other people, stuff matters. And, and people aren't stupid. We live in such an intelligent society. People are online. They see what other people are doing. Uh, they're leaving reviews. You can't, like, we're in a bubble. And it's that we're, cohesiveness. We're under the microscope. It was like you, and I'm not going to get into the details, but today when we were all out and about and you're like, oh, this is another product because it fits into right. what we're doing. I'm like, no. And then I got to thinking about it. I'm like, well, we could... But in order to do that, it has to follow these guidelines. Otherwise, it doesn't fit. It's like always bringing it back into like what's your vision and right. who you yeah. are. But anyway, so, I digress. No, no, you don't actually. You're, this is a really <laughs> a really cool follow up episode. So, Joe, again, like I, not, I don't want to. We don't want to make this a a one on one on on how to do this. But like, what else? What other advice do you have for a startup for someone starting up, like working with somebody? Kind of give me a quick steps, couple of steps to you know. Every new business should follow. Well, you know, uh, you know, it's really simple. You know, hire hire someone that can create your brand for you. Don't don't try and do it yourself. But I have Microsoft Word. Right. Well, that's see, that's the problem. A lot a lot of people think that, <laughs> I got you, buddy. Keep going. <laughs> a, a lot of people think that that's the solution, and and it might be for some people. But I think my cousin has Microsoft Word. Uh, you know, I, uh, it's really simple. Let the experts do what they are trained to do. Yep. Um, and sure, you might have to bite the bullet and 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 spend a little money. But, you know, the old saying, you got to spend money to make money. And, you know, if you don't have a good brand going forward, then the, the rest of it doesn't matter. You know, so so start with a professional. Mm -hmm. Don't don't try and do it yourself. But make that investment, you know, that you're investing in your own company. You're not investing in a logo. You're not investing in a website. You're investing in your company. What is, what is that? Um, I'll let people look it up. I don't want to, we'll even maybe tag it in the notes, but there was an awesome video and you'll know who the designer is that we're talking about. There was a really awesome YouTube video about the, the gentleman that spoke about the Nike logo. Oh, um, he, he basically talked about the value of it now versus then. Right. Um, well, Where everyone's like, I could have done that swoosh. Well, but you didn't. We didn't. Exactly. But what's the value of that Nike logo now? Right. I mean, that's the thing you have to think about. And how did they get to that value? Yep. See, All those other things we just talked about. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's that's the thing is, yeah. is you know, they did not have that value coming out. I think they paid something like $35 for that logo. Yes. Um, in like <laughs> the, in like the 70s. I think. I, you it, don't, it was on tour. Yeah, they didn't have Fiverr yet. They were still on version two. It was like a tour. <laughs> Actually, I they think. They probably didn't have the internet then. <laughs> I, think, I think the story is thing like it was like an intern or a friend or something. And they, they paid. It was uh, it was a woman and they paid her like 35 bucks, I think. Think to do the logo, and 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 look at that brand now. It's yep. a it's a it's a multinational billion dollar company. Yep. Um, but you know they they built that over time, and they did that because they started with a great looking brand. So what you do as a business helps build that brand. Well, to where it elevates the logo, mm -hmm. for example. So the logo it's becomes like a they, part of yeah, I this mean, elevated each other. living breathing thing. Well, you also brought up a good point about, you know, the, the people that you have with you, yep. you know, um, the, the people that are part of your business are just as important as your brand. Yep. You know, Marcus Lemonis, he always likes to talk about the people, the mm -hmm. process and the product, right? 
the people are very important. Was that a shout out to Marcus? Well, no, but you know, he, he, has, <laughs> I dig it. He's very successful and he, you know, he, he knows what he's talking about. You know, he's had a few successful businesses, just a couple. Um, but you know, he brings up a great point, you know, that's, if, that's the profit for, for anyone. If, um, Marcus, if you're listening, give us yeah, a call, give us a shout. <laughs> um, you guys but, are nerds, but, um, <laughs> No, you know, the, the people is important. You mm -hmm. know, I don't think Nike could have built their business without the people that they had to build it, you yep. know? And, um, sure. You know, there's a lot of directions that can go these days, but we're not going to get into all that stuff. But I think when you're building a brand, you need to have good people with you to help build that. And so surround yourself with good people, make sure, Amen, brother. you know, make sure you have the right people with you because you're not going to succeed if you don't have the right people with you. But we, we say that a lot. That's a big thing is, is it's so there's no bad business us. with good people. Well, and, and it's important, but it's only one facet of sure. the business. So, and, but that's also, in my opinion, part of the brand mm -hmm. that goes that's just as important as your logo. That's just as important as the products that you're putting out. And that's just as important as your, your, your ethics of your business. Like, mm -hmm. you know, how you operate and you know what your core values are. Those are all things that play into your brand. Yeah. So, you know, you have to, you have to establish that stuff early on or else you're going to, you're going to struggle down the road. Do a lot of like new business owners and like, I, I want to kind of wrap this up a little bit on, on this note, but do a lot of new business owners overlook how much goes into a brand in the beginning? I think so. Do they, do they, like, do they, do they not realize how much goes into it? So, and, and I'm going to segue into what we were doing this morning. You drove three hours to come down here. Obviously we're partners. So we're, it was, we had a meeting. Yeah, but we can do that over zoom like the rest of the world does every day right now. But you came down here because we're actually designing one box <laughs> to go into <laughs> one store and we're doing other things, but yep. this was, and, and you met us where you met us at total wine. Yep. And we sat there, we were in total wine for about an hour case in the joint, taking okay. pictures, probably illegally. And that's uh, you know, we weren't buying anything. We were doing market research. We did buy. Oh, did we? Yep. We did. Yep. Oh. We did. We had, we purchased. We always like to spend money for in there just in Have case. you seen my bidders collection? Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> no, but it, but it's amazing. So I just want to use this as an example. Like people overlook how much thought someone like yourself puts into something as simple. And I say simple in air quotes because it's not simple at all. You were there studying what it's going to look like on the shelf. Yep. Is the consumer going to stop? What's going to stop that consumer and make them grab yours just by the work you've done. Yep. So we don't have a brand name that someone recognizes in Total Wine. So what we have to rely on your work to stop that person in their tracks and be like, ooh, what is that? Yep. So you're you're talking about something very specific in, yep. in, in the design world, in the marketing and advertising world. We have something called the three second rule. Okay. You need to have somebody be able to walk by your product and in three seconds know exactly what it is. Yep. If they can't tell what it is in three seconds, you've already lost them. Yep. So you need to have a brand that's going to be impactful. Mm -hmm. It's going to have to, you're going to have to do market research to see what your competitors are doing. But at the same time, you're going to have to do it differently. Yep. So you look to see what's working. You mean don't put Sauvignon Blanc in a cognac <laughs> bottle? We did, we did see uh -uh. that today. Uh -uh. Yeah. For their, their creative director. A bottle. Yeah. Their creative director did not stand at total, total wine yeah. for an hour, but go ahead. Sorry. Um, I digress. Uh, well, you know, it's good to look at what your competitors are doing, not to copy what they're doing, but yep. just to see what is working and what isn't working. Yep. 
Um, you bring and, up a good point, and I will. I'm going to interject as a business owner. Yeah. It's there's a lot of money that goes into doing some of this stuff, and yeah. some of these brands that have money have spent a lot of money to do this. Yeah. So by all means, copy. Yeah. Look what other people are doing. Emulate them. Sorry, you don't have to rip them off, but they'll you know the the highest form of flattery. Blah blah blah. But they're doing it for a reason. They put a lot of money into that. So. Right. It's totally. Good to see what they're doing. Yeah. We have a um, mutual friend that we're doing a project for. I'll keep them out of the conversation, but mm. we've been working on building this brand since March and, um, 2000. No, 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 <laughs> no of, of this year. Oh, okay. But you know, um, you know, it's, it's part of the process. We've been, we've been seeing what works and what doesn't work. And we're, we're really at a point now to where we've landed on something really good Sometimes it happens on the first round. Sometimes it happens after the 10th round. Um, so it's like there's no, there's no rule book to follow. Some, sometimes it's going to just all unfold magically and it's going to look amazing on the first go. Sometimes you need to work through all these crappy and unworkable versions to get to the right solution. Yep. Well, do you find, sorry, no, go ahead. do you find that people don't know what they want? Like they can, they can, or they, they can kind of conceptualize it, but they can't communicate it. Maybe that's a, that's a loaded question. Yeah, I have that problem too, though. It's a good point because a lot of times, like I can't, I can't dress myself, but I can look at a magazine and and go, I, that looks great, that looks great, and I know that looks great. Well, there, there's something I like to say about a lot of clients. They don't know what they don't want until yeah. they see it. Correct. Yeah, that's true. And 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 sometimes that's part of the part of the struggle for me is because well, what about like when businesses have multiple partners? <laughs> oh, you are really setting me up. But um, no, I mean, it's, listen, listen, they they all are important in the equation. Well, but. you know, that, that that could be a whole podcast unto itself. Um, you know, the the more people that you have in the mix, the more opinions you're going to get. Sure. Some people are going to like one thing. Some people are going to like another thing. And and that just comes with the territory. So mm -hmm. so a, a good designer is going to be able to roll with those punches kind of take all that feedback in and uh, revise and tweak and make adjustments based on that feedback. And you keep working at it until you get to, the, until you solve the problem. Okay. And, and that's really, really the goal, right? You're trying to solve the problem of creating a, a great looking brand. Um, obviously the more cooks in the kitchen, the harder it's going to be to get to that solution, but you know, you will get there eventually. Um, you know, whether that be, you know, with, um, you know, keep going down that path or if you have to start back over from square one, sometimes that's what it takes. You know, the, the solution does not always happen overnight. Sure. Sometimes it takes weeks, or months, or months. I mean, yeah. you know, I've seen it go on for a long time mm -hmm. and, you know, not that that's a bad thing, but it's part of the process and, you know, you have to go through all that to get to the solution. So, you know, just have patience and make sure you're giving clear direction. And when you receive and asking for it too. Well, yeah, I mean, it's good to have that dialogue. We talked earlier yeah. on about having that relationship. That's why I think it's good to have someone local that you could like sit down and talk with. But, you know, if you want a good looking brand, give good feedback, give good input and don't just say, oh, well, I think that sucks because I don't like the color blue. Well, that, that that's not very helpful for someone like me. Yeah, you just know, change the color to red. Right. You know, <laughs> see, and and you would think, you know, someone from a from like a non-designer would think that's 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 the solution, right? You just change the color, but that might be the solution, and it might not be. It might be 
you know, rearranging everything or starting over from scratch. So you have to, ha- you have to be willing to give constructive feedback and you have to be able to be involved in the process. And I have to say, that's why I'm like so grateful to have Vaughn because he is very much a visual person. I'm more of a feeling person. Yep. So when I see something, I either feel it or I don't. Yeah. But a lot of times, which actually was my feedback to you on something recently, yep. which is a lot of times like, I don't know what it is, but I just don't feel it. Right. Well, and sometimes, see, you bring up a really good point. Sometimes that works to your advantage because if you have more than one partner and one of the partners just doesn't feel it, they can maybe have that conversation with the other partners to come to a solution and figure out what the right what you know how to solve that problem that is really the 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 way to solve it you you have to work through it you can't just say oh well i don't like it that that that's not helpful to anybody so um but to get to that solution you have to work through it and that's where the feedback comes in so you have to kind of look at it see what you don't like about it and talk through it, you know, and, and if you're working with a designer, make sure you give feedback and tell them, be very specific about what you don't like about it or tell them what you do like about it, because sometimes they can take, you know, bits and pieces and and build on that. Yeah. So I think clients, I, that's the one thing I will say. I think clients need to do a better job of telling you what they don't like. And a lot of times they're afraid to, they're afraid to hurt the feelings of the designer or something, but like, it's more valuable sometimes to find out what you don't like. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a good exercise to go through, um, you know, and, you know, I've been in this industry long enough where my feelings don't get hurt anymore. I have very thick skin. So it's like, you know, not me. (laughs) You are my sensitive flower. Thank you. But you know, there, there are some younger designers out there that, that do take feedback and criticism. Super, super opinionated. But, but well, you know, I think that's part of being a successful designer is being able to take feedback and constructive criticism and, uh, you know, roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be offended when you get a client says, Oh, well, I don't like what you did. Well, we'll ask them why you don't like it or why they don't like it. And, you know, build on that. Well, I have to tell you, Joe, we love what you did. Well, we are grateful that you're our partner. So grateful. And, uh, For so many reasons. I'm, I'm glad that we had this opportunity to actually do this in person so people could meet the ampersand. <laughs> <laughs> we always say Joe is the and. That's and still Duke so and awkward Dame. to me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. All I right, cool. That. I guess we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just on paper, folks. Yes. <laughs> so, anyways, Joe, I am, again, like, we're truly grateful. We uh, appreciate you being able to... Uh, Drop some knowledge. Well, I'm glad to be a part of it. You know, this is this is fun for me because, you know, I, I get to do what I like to do and I don't have any, you know, any restrictions. So I just, you know, it's it's a fun project to work on. I sure hope so. And you got anything you want to you want to wrap up with anything? Got any last famous last Angela words? Nope. Just gratitude. Gratitude no. for this day. Yeah. Gratitude well, we got, for growing. We got a lot of it, right? A so, lot of stuff. All right. Well, Joe. Everyone signing off. Thanks for joining us again for our sixth episode of Beautifully Bitter. Bye. Later. Later.